Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 88 with Williamson Sintel. Did I say that right? Sintel? Yes, Sintel, yeah. We are so excited to be here together. We're here in Williamson's home. And if you don't know about him, you're about to learn what an amazing force for good he is. I'm really excited. The book is out. It's doing great. Once again, it's called ICU, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives. We were going to have it here, but yeah. Williamson can't find his copy. So I know. I had it this morning. You know, I had it. Maybe I'm sorry. Maybe he's lying. We don't know. We I'm don't sorry. Know. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I just want to get straight to the interview because there's a lot of ground I want to cover with you. I always mm-hmm. love talking to you. Thank you. And you're a kindred spirit. Yeah, Thank it's you. good. Thank you. If people don't know who you are, mm-hmm. what's your story, Williamson? I'm Williamson. I'm 27 years old. I'm married. With a beautiful wife, she's the beauty of my life. We have three kids, two boys and one girl. It's coming in December. Little princess. I'm I'm in school. I go to, I go to Utah State. I I work in Haiti a lot. I get to go to Haiti every three months. That's my full time job. That's what I do. Empowering people in Haiti. We have an organization work with children with youth in Haiti. I love playing tennis every morning with my ice bath. This is something I'm passionate about. My morning is part of my day. Is the big part of my day. I get to really enjoy being around other people, new people. I love connecting with people. I can see that. Yeah. So you're from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Something really crazy happened in your life when you were 16 years old. Will you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. That was that was a story that has changed my life, who made me who I am today. I remember when I was 16, there was there was a big earthquake that happened in Haiti. At that age, I I was in high school. And my mom, she felt that she needs to come pick me up right in the moment. She left work and she drove to my school and she picked me up to my high school. At that day, usually I have to stay in school to do my homework with my classmate. But that day, my mom came pick me up two hours early and I jumped in a car. I didn't ask her why she came pick me up. I just jumped in the car. She drove me to my dad's orphanage because at that time, my parents had only a few orphanages in Haiti. While I was at the orphanage, 45 minutes later, the building started shaking. I was on the bottom floor of a three-story building. I was there with 13 other kids. There was a little boy. He was standing next to me. He was 12. He was standing next to me, and the building started shaking and collapsed. And I grabbed him, and the building collapsed on top of all of us. And I remember hearing people outside screaming, yelling, because at that time I was 16, I didn't know much about earthquake. I didn't know that was an earthquake. That was around five o'clock, 5 p.m. afternoon. In that moment, I, I didn't know what to do. I was screaming, yelling, I was scared. And the other kids, they were screaming, aged from five to 16. And then while I was under that building, I started looking for ways for people to come get me. And no one did come get me. I spent the entire night under that building. And the next day, I was, I was tired, hungry. And I needed someone to come get me under that building. And I remember this boy was underneath me that I was able to grab in the middle of that, in the beginning of that. He was okay. 12, yeah, he was underneath me the entire time. And 
I had that heavy building on top of me, that heavy block, cement. And I remember he was asking me, hey, are we going to make it? That moment, I had a strong feeling that, yes, we are going to make it. And I kept telling him, yes, we are going to make it. Did you know him before? Yeah. He was was an orphan in the orphanage. I worked with them. That was what I used to do to earn some money. While I was under that building, right after he asked me if we are going to make it, I felt the need to say a prayer. For the first time of my life, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. My connection with God wasn't that strong to make me feel that I need to reach out even higher. And I felt that's, that's what I need at that moment. And I remember saying to God, if you save me, I'm going to serve you. That's all I said. If you save me, I'm going to serve you. That moment, angels came down. I felt someone on top of me. I didn't feel any heavy stuff anymore. That was someone, that was an angel, came straight from heaven. And the Lord hears me, heard me that day. And the saddest thing is, in the middle of the night, that day, I heard the other kids stop screaming one by one because they were slowly dying. And me and the little boy was the only one that I thought we were gonna make it. And you knew these kids that were oh, dying. I knew them. You knew them. I knew them. I spent years with them in the orphanage. I was scared for my life. I didn't know I was going to make it to. I tried to call them, but they didn't get back to me. Before that, I heard a voice came to my mind and said, tell them to stop screaming. And you also stop screaming because the more you use your voice, you're going to get tired and you're going to die. And I tell them that, but they were too scared to stop. They didn't want to stop. And right after that prayer, I could hear people outside looking for me. There was no tractor at the time to make things easier. And then they did all they can. They were able to get me, they tie a rope on my neck to get me out from that building. It took them hours, hours, hours. Were you holding the 12-year-old too? Oh yeah, he was underneath me. I wasn't going to leave him alone. But they, they, they were able to get me out first. And they took him second. And the minute they were about to get me out, if they had to wait one more second, I wouldn't be able to make it. Because I was tired. I was hungry. I was thirsty. And what right after they rescued me, I find out that my 25 classmate died. Because that day of the earthquake, my mom kept me, came pick me up from my high school. And I was the only classmate, the only student who left that class that day. And all my 25 classmates died. But I didn't know why. At such a young age, I was looking for ways to discover why me. Why I was the only survivor from my class. Why me? But I remember the promise I made with God. If you save me, I'm going to serve you. And that promise leads me to where I am today. What are you doing now today? You have an incredible foundation. Tell people about the foundation that you have started. What, what, after, what after they rescued me, I, I was looking for ways to serve God. And I remember there was no water, no food, nothing to survive after the earthquake in Haiti. But for me, I can feel it. That was the beginning of something much better, something greater for my life. Like I was ready. I must be alive for some reason. That was the, that was the, the reason. I must be alive to do something greater. And I was looking for that ways and I joined my church, the LDS church six months later. I went on my mission three years later. And throughout my mission, I was looking for ways to keep serving God even in a better way. And throughout my mission in Haiti, I've seen how so many organizations came, came in and out, in and out in Haiti. 
but the thing they were giving to the people wasn't exactly what the people need, what my people need. Because I know they are making such a great difference in Haiti, but I'm talking about long-term difference. What do they really need? What do Haitians really need? I've seen people bringing clothes, gifts, like all kind of things, suitcases to give to the people. But I realized, wow, this is hurting my people. This is hurting my people. This keep coming to my mind. Those are ways that God keeps showing me, hey, this is something you can make a difference. You can do it better. You can do it in a different way. I didn't know what to do still. But I was keep asking, me my, asking myself, what can I do? Because what they were doing to the people wasn't what they really want, what they really need. After my mission, I decided to move to Utah without any English, no money to survive, no place to stay. I had a friend, yeah, I had a friend who can let me stay for three weeks. But after that three weeks, I need to find a place to live. Mm-hmm. And during that three weeks, I attended YSA Ward and that bishop had a vision that a young man will come live with him. And I was that young man. Oh my gosh. I was that young man. <laughs> and I was living with him while I was... Someone is looking out for you, yeah, Williamson. <laughs> I know, while I was working on my English because I came without any English. I remember people couldn't hear what I'm saying. They, were, they, they wanted me to say it more than five, six times so they can hear me. And I was just relying on God. That was what I needed to do. But I was able to find great friends who become my mentor, who taught me things that shaped my life from greater things that Lord had in store for me. I was able to discover those great gifts and talents that I didn't know I had. And those gifts and, and talents were the principles I was able to learn that I'm teaching to my people today. Like the power of vision board, creating order in your life, affirmations, discover your gifts and talents, the power of I am. All these principles that really can change someone's life the way they see themselves. So today we are teaching those principles to the people of Haiti to empower them, to discover that they have something they can do with their life. They can create the kind of country we all want to see in Haiti. This is what we are doing today. It's working. It's working. We have over 3,000 mentees all over the country. We have over 225 mentors all over Haiti. It's all about Haitians and prior Haitians. Because I believe that the, the key to change Haiti lies within Haitians. They have that power within them. So how can they discover that power? Yes. And your your foundation is called Arise Project for Humanity. Yes. And if you don't know about it, you got to check it out. It's incredible what they're doing. We both love Operation Underground Railroad and what they do. And you're you're very involved in that as well. And of course, I love Tim Ballard. He wrote the foreword to my book. He's just yeah. someone I really look up to and along with you. I didn't know you then, though. I couldn't ask you to write the foreword. But... <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think you, you couldn't choose a better person. I love Tim. Yeah, he's, he's your my, hero. He's my good friend. We get to go to Haiti over more than five times together doing some work there. So we're excited to work more with OUR and the mentoring program, aftercare program. I get to witness some amazing operations they've done in Haiti. Really rescuing young kids from sex traffickings in the middle of the dark, like 3 a.m., 2 a.m., they are doing operations, rescuing kids, dropping the car, takes bad guys out, and then they have to drop those kids somewhere to be so they can be safe. Yes. I get to witness so many operations. These men are doing the Lord's work. They're not alone. They know that. And mm-hmm. one thing I love about all you all, 
they never leave the building or the hotel without saying a prayer. They ask specifically, they ask God to send angels down, armies, they ask to send Moonite down with them so they can go fight that. Like they use, their prayers are like powerful. Like the things they are saying in their prayers, they're like, they believe that God will send Moonite, God will send Jacob, God will send Lehi, God will send Noe right now to help us with that operation. It's crazy. That is crazy. And yeah, I love this organization and we are so good for to work with them. Yes. And I loved a video that you shared with me. I'd already watched it where Tim talked specifically about how OUR and Arise work together. And he talked about how he's kind of at the bottom of this waterfall trying to catch mm-hmm. these kids mm-hmm. that have been trafficked. But you're upstream. You're upstream trying to stop the trafficking from happening in the first place by educating and by empowering Haitians. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that analogy. So you're you. a perfect, you're a perfect team that yeah, way. Yeah, because we are the preventative major, measure. Yes, you're we preventative. Pre- exactly, we are preventing sex trafficking, but also we we are the healing process after the rescue. These young young girls, young young people, were able to help them believe in themselves again, create yes. the life again, impact the community again, because we want them to discover that you can do it, and you have that power. No one did take that from you. Yes. You know, we, we help you discover, like, we create your life, become who you were born to be. So, yeah. I love you, Williamson. Thank you. Love you too, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to switch gears and talk about something else that I want to talk to you specifically about because we had dinner and we were able to have a pretty special conversation. And it's a way that I want to see you and I want to see anyone who's hurting because of this right now. And I want to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. How are you doing, Williamson, right now? How's it going? To be honest, I'm going to be honest with you. That's and what I want. It hasn't been easy. I don't think it, it has been easy for any black people or for any people who have strong connection. I mean, what I mean by strong connection, we adopted black people. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. you can be my brother-in-law, you, don't ha- you have no idea of what I'm going through. You can be my mother-in-law, you have no idea what I'm going through. This is not the kind of people I'm talking about. I'm talking about people, black people, parents who adopted black kids mm-hmm. and their family yes. it's been hard for us tell me why it's been hard why has it been hard it's been hard because first you feel like where can i go to really share my soul for people to there's something you can't deny the feeling you receive from other people when you're talking to them some people you will talk to them you won't feel anything mm-hmm. even if you tell them everything that came yeah. from your it's heart it's like a wall yeah you still can't feel anything. Yes. But there are people, you will tell them your story, you will feel that they feel it. That's what I'm talking about. It's an energy, yeah. almost. Yes. That's one thing will hurt me the most. Where can I find these people where I can share my story? Because as a black man, I've been through things. I remember when I was, when I was dating my wife, I was in Provo, coming from Salsa Chocolate. <laughs> I, I, I was dancing with her on Thursday night and we were driving and an officer stopped us. And said to my wife, you go home. I will take care of this black nigga. Yeah, Are that you serious? night. Yeah, that night. Yeah. That's like yeah. an hour from here. That oh, blows yeah. my mind. Oh, yeah. Because so, because I'm white. And so I've never had that experience. Yeah. I'm not sharing that to bring negative things. Just to show you I've been there. Yes. When I get to tell my story, I really hope people can just listen. And that's one thing that hurt us the most is the fact that we don't feel that somebody feel us. And if it wasn't for my wife, there are times that I wouldn't make it home. There are times that 
she will never see me again. Because mm-hmm. she's white, and so that keeps you a little oh, yeah. more safe because oh, yeah. you're with a white girl. Oh, yeah. There are times that I was in the park chewing for my little brother. He's in tracks. I was chewing for him, telling him to keep going, keep going. And this lady called cops and said, this guy is yelling. He has a gun. When the cops showed up, I sent a location to my wife. That's the secret between me and my wife. If I'm in trouble, I will send you my location. Please come help me. If she sees that I send her my location, she will get to that place that moment. And say, he's my husband? Yeah, because she knows that I need her at that moment. And then once my wife got to the place, everything changed. They said, it wasn't, we didn't say you have a gun. We said, let's see why you yelling. I said, no, you did say I have a gun. You know, and the fact that they see my wife and yeah, but to to go back to, to, to the question, it hasn't been easy. And another reason it hasn't been easy, people you thought that was that was yours, that was your family members, your extended family members are the people who've been silenced about black people, they are killing black people. It's hard to see that let's say you're my great friend, you're maybe my family members, maybe my extended family, maybe a friend. A mentor to me. This breaks my heart to see you using the black people playing a victim game or a race game instead of looking back and take about Williamson, your black brother, your black friend. That when they're talking about black people, they're talking about you. I'm black. That, that's one thing I can't change. <laughs> this color, you know? They, they shouldn't have missed that, yeah. right? If they have yeah. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's sad to see comments from people you admire. Right. And other people's posts about these black people should go back to where they came from and stop destroying country. And I, to terrible. be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've been in the U.S. for five years. I've never got a ticket. Not because I drove perfectly. Right. I'm not a good driver. I'm still <laughs> Me bad. neither. I'm yeah. not a good driver either. <laughs> so cops will stop me. I will be like, I'm sorry, officer. Please forgive me. I won't do that again. And they will let me go. Yeah. Or I will say, officer, please look at my record. I have no bad thing on my history. Please let me go. And they will let me go. Uh-huh. It's the way you talk to them. I know that. But it's not always the same. There are times I lock the key in my car with my wallet. People can see my wallet. People can see my ID. But they don't trust that it's my car. They have to call cops to show up so they can see if it's, my, if it's really my car. Just to tell you, it's not always that good moment. It's not always that let me go, you know? And it hasn't been easy, but we do know at the end of the day, what I do believe is the only thing you can really do is to go home and keep loving your family. That's all I know at the end of the day. You just can't tell people to stand for you. You You just can't tell them to love you. You can't tell them to treat you nice. You just go home and keep loving those you love. What do you say to people who struggle because they say they love other races, they want to understand, but they don't want to feel like they're supporting the violence Mm -hmm. and the rioting? How would you answer that question for them? When I post something, people know Williamson don't support violence. They know that. When I have my Black Lives Matter things, I'm outside protesting. They know I don't support violence. Yes. They know that. So, yeah, some people will say that, but some will say it as an excuse to not show up for black people. Right, right. That's, that's, where, I, that's where I feel I feel bad. I feel sad. Some people will use that as an excuse to mm-hmm. stop showing up for us as a black people. Right. And, yeah, it is, it is an excuse, but I'm telling you, 
people will know when you stand up and yeah. they will know when you don't. So you're saying you can support Black Lives Matter and not be supporting violence. Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely, because, right? Because I'm, I'm a father. I'm, a, I'm an influencer. Mm-hmm. I will never support, like, even though violence sometimes brings good results, I'm going to be honest with you. It's In my true. own country, violence brings results sometimes, not all the time, because violence are w- what keeps Haiti where Haiti is right now. But the people who created violence are the people who have the money, mm-hmm. who keep paying the people to do it. But what I'm saying is, I don't support violence. But if at the end of the day, I need to be part of violence in a good way to protect this nation or to protect my family, yes. I will do it. Defending yourself. I will defend it. I will do that. Absolutely. So, but I'm not supporting people burning people's businesses, breaking down windows. Right. I'm not. But I, I will stand up. Mm-hmm. For who I am, mm-hmm. for my color, because this is my identity. I'm black. Yeah, you are. And I'm. That's my goodest blessing. Yeah. That's my goodest blessing. I'm black. You're exactly who you're supposed to be. Oh yeah. And I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We all are. What I I love what you talk about because my thoughts during Black Lives Matter that I I keep coming back to is I feel like sometimes we hear the loudest most ex- we we see this most extreme behavior on both sides and then we can very quickly say that's how all of them are uh-huh. and when we do that then we silence this entire group of people who are, are hurting and yes we're still we still want to see those people even if they're having behavior that we don't agree with mm-hmm. we still they still deserve our compassion yeah. but it's especially sad when like you said we use that as an excuse then mm-hmm. to ignore it completely yeah because saying oh well someone here over here was violent well what about all these other people yeah. who are just trying to create change now they disappear because you won't look at it because there's always going to be people who oh, yeah. do things that are, aren't good. Like, that's gonna yeah. ha- that happens on both sides of it all is. the issues we see in 2020. It's in family, too, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you feel like, what can I have done more? Because I feel like you never be good enough. And at the end of the day... Oh, you, you, me too. Yeah, at the end of the day. Because as a black man, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. It's not easy marrying a white girl from, from Davis County. <laughs> you know, it's not easy at all. You know, yeah. it's because you married a good one, though. Oh yeah, I, I I'm sure, I'm best. sure. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100. I know you that. know that. Yeah, yeah, I know that with all my heart. You know, and a lot of people will get to hear this podcast. This is who I am. Yes. I don't hide things on the table. I will talk about elephant in the room. If no one wanna talk about the elephant, that's why we get along so well. Because yeah. I'm like, just tell me, yeah. tell me. Oh yeah. yeah, if no one wanna talk about the elephant, who's in the room? I'm then, not going to be on the table. Yeah, don't invite Williamson then. Yeah, so, <laughs> but I would like to talk about elephant on the table. Yeah. I would love to say I marry my wife because I love her. Not because people did give me authorization because no one did. You know, I marry her. It's It's been great to know that you have someone who stand with you, my yes. wife. She stand with me the moment I marry her and still now. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my greatest blessings. And I always tell any of my friends, just... The people you choose to marry will determine how much or how many of your dream will come to you. And I've always dreamed to have someone that will stand with me in any any situation. This is why it's hard for me to not face people who hurt my wife. And if you hurt my wife, I will face you. And then That's you when, will get violent. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, and then I will I will I will get called what they need to call me, you know? Yes. But I, I'm 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 all for peace. I'm all for yes. unity. 
I'm talking about world peace, world unity. I am the kind of people who love with heart. My heart is all for love. And well, the first time I met you, yeah, you were just like, "Come Thank here." You. Thank you. I loved that. Thank you. It made me so comfortable, and I just, I, it felt just you were my friend the second we met. Thank you. Yeah, like you said, there are tons of great black men in our community. Absolutely, they're trying, great fathers, but. What can they do more? It seems like everything you do for some people, you will never be good enough. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard you try to take care of your family, to do this, to do this, wow. He's still not a good husband. He's still not a good father. Yes. So at the end of the day, you just gotta walk away and keep building what you're looking for if you can't find it somewhere. And you remember where your worth comes oh, yeah. from. I'm learning that for sure, just, uh, just in some of the ventures I'm doing that I have to be really clear and grounded on where my worth comes from and where it doesn't. And oh, yeah. it doesn't come from the validation of other people because no. that's just a mind game. Not at all. Validation is for parking. Someone oh, yeah. told me that once and I liked that a oh, lot. Oh yeah, I love that because I remember when I was getting ready to marry my wife and I wasn't enough. I knew that because I wasn't enough. I wasn't like working. I didn't know English. I came from <laughs> Haiti. And a lot of Were you people... just like, I have love though. Yeah, I do. And she, she knew that. Yes. She knew that. That's what makes her fall in love with me. She knew that I love her. I will keep my promise. And I try to keep my promise daily. You know, and even though for some, you will never be good enough. But yes. remember, you're good enough. And we see you. I see yes. you. I see you. Yeah, I, I know. See you. I see you. Williamson, thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you. I adore you and your family. Thank you. You guys Thank are the you. greatest. You're and doing great. I hope that you do feel seen. I hope that all the black members of our community in the world, I hope that they find people that see them right now. Yeah. Because they, they need that. They need it. They need that. Everybody needs to feel like their experiences are witnessed yeah. and they're validated. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of who we are, right? Yeah. Brene Brown, she says we're hardwired for connection. You were the perfect man to be on the podcast today. Thank you. And I'm grateful you were here. Thank you for joining us on episode 88 of the podcast where we talked about all the elephants in the room. I know. Right? We talked all the good, the trafficking, Black Lives Matter. We hit a lot of things. Mentoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hit a lot of things. Just so grateful for, for Williamson and for his honesty. If you want to find out more about Arise for Humanity, where can people find out more? On the website, ariseprojectforhumanity.com. Or we can go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, link. You're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. We we are going in Haiti. We're all over Haiti. And yes. if you go to Haiti, you ask for Arise, someone should show you our office. I love it. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to talk about that. Kevin Hart. Yeah, I know. Talk about that real quick <laughs> before we end. Well... It, it, it's a dream come true. It's Williamson a is big deal. Yeah. It's, it, it's a dream, you know, and yes. it's, it's not about me. It's all about God. You know, it's all about God. Amen. It's all about the people who stand with me. The people who always donated money to my cause, who's always there to support me. It's all about them. I might be the face of the organization, but yes. it's not Williamson at all. You couldn't have done this alone. No, not at all. No, I feel that alone. way about some of my things. It's just like, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, Even there's Black no way. Lives Matter. You, you can't go through no. Black Lives Matter alone. No. No, not at all. But I, you won this competition. Yeah. So Kevin Hart had this com- competition with the Emirates team. Um, what do they call them? UAE? I don't the know. The Emirates. And I sent my video. He was looking for people to share the. If you don't know who dream. Kevin Hart is... You've been living under a rock. I don't know. He's yeah. a comedian. He was oh, in yeah. he was in the Jumanji, Jumanji. movies. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah, he's the top comedian in the entire world. Yeah. And I run this competition and it's it's a it's a massive funds waiting to help me make my dream come true. So lately I haven't been sleeping for months. I'm talking about well sleep. 
I've been sleeping for three hours for the last few months. Project, getting things ready, and I'm excited. I'm excited to build this mentoring center in Haiti. This is going to be the first mentoring center in the Caribbean. Just to clarify, Kevin Hart has donated a huge amount of money to Williamson's Foundation, and they are building their first ever mentor building in Haiti. I know, yeah. and I'm yeah, so excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited for the people of Haiti. They yes. need a place where they can learn principles that will change their life forever. And this mentoring center will do provide it. that. Check out Arise Project for Humanity with Williamson. They're doing incredible things. And if you want to find out more about the podcast and the ICU mission, my book, all of that, you can do that on my website, julieleespeaks.com. She's the best. We admire her. And there are so many, so many good people out there. If you open your eyes, you will see them. Yep. And they will come to you. So many good people, huh? Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Julie Lee. My name is Williamson Sintel. And, and we see, see you. I'm from Haiti. And then say, and we see you. And we see you. And we see you. Okay, let's say it again. One, two, three. We. And we Okay, we'll do it again. One, two, three. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. That was great. Cool.